Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. You today, Alvin Hope Johnson. Alvin's got a, a, a great story. Um, he and I uh, met through this app. We're also uh, both Apex executives. 
So we're, we're in a entrepreneur group together. Uh, we also both are investors in real estate. Uh, so we're going to hear his story, which you do not want to miss. Then we're going to talk about real estate. And then we're going to talk about a specific deal. So for some people that sit and say, hey, where are these deals? And, you know, Scott, how can I invest in some of these things that you're involved in? I'm going to explain how that process works, how I've now been able to invest in over 20 different businesses and partnerships and collaborations. And also, I've been able to invest in multiple real estate properties. And we're going to talk about that. So um, I would like to welcome Alvin. Alvin, how are you doing today, my friend? Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I know how valuable your time is, and I appreciate you coming in here and pouring into everybody. And good morning, champion. Good morning, Scott. Uh, good morning, everyone. And, and Scott, thank you, man, for the opportunity this morning. Uh, we all thank Glenn every day for setting up being a visionary behind this platform. So, Glenn, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just an honor to be with you, you being here. Oh, it's an honor to be here this morning. So, it really is. Well, Scott, let's well, do it. Hey, absolutely, Alvin. So, um, of course, you know, I've gotten to know you now, and I got to hear your story. Um, and I got to hear your story at one of the last Apex events when I had the, you know, had the privilege of hearing you speak. And what a, what an amazing story. I mean, to know where you came from, you know, a person that at one point tried to end their life, to a person that's making a huge difference in communities, to a person that's just a just a good human being. Um, take us through where 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 did your story start and how did you go from at one point wanting to end your own life to the person that we know today, the amazing human being that I'm honored to call my friend today. Take us through the journey, if you would. Sure, Scott. Man, um, you know, it's, it's it sounds like an amazing story on this side of it. <laughs> so uh, um, it, it, it just keeps me very, I won't use the word humble, but with a great sense of gratitude and humility. So, um, man, I, real, real, real simply put, I'm a product of um, initially a two-parent household. Um, I uh, had a bout where I was molested at nine years old by a family friend. Then my dad left me at 11. Here what most kids here. Dad left me. He didn't leave mom. He left me. Dad left me at 11, and uh, and man, I think so much trauma happened, Scott, and then I was allowed as a kid to quit. So I, I was allowed to quit baseball. I quit piano lessons. I quit guitar lessons. I quit, and my parents allowed me to quit. I'm not blaming them, but I'm just showing you what what we as parents can do when we overdo our kids or give them everything they want. Anyway, they allowed me to quit. So when I got hard at age 24, uh, I wanted to quit. How did it get so hard at 24? 18 years old, I graduated high school, didn't go to college. Both of my parents were teachers. One of my grandmother was a principal. So I was around educators all the time. Nobody ever talked about college to me. I was a kid that when I came home from school, they tell me to go in the back and shut up and be quiet. They were tired of dealing with kids. Um, just humans, right? They're my parents, but they were just regular humans. And I've, I've grown to understand that at this point. But um, 
So I was a, I got a job as a painter's helper learning how to paint million dollar houses back in the eighties, paint, sanding baseboards and sheetrock. And shortly thereafter that guy went out of business, I started knocking on doors and I knocked on the right door. And this guy gave me my first job that made me a millionaire by the time I was 22 years old painting a hotel. So I thought everybody around me was really dumb and stupid. And, you know, how can a 22-year-old kid have all this money and you guys think life is so hard? And by the time 24 came, I couldn't buy a job. Interest rates were 18% and nobody was doing any kind of construction. And that money I had quickly went. Fooling his money, it quickly parted. And so at 24, my son, on his third birthday, he was three years old. I couldn't, we were getting put out of our house that day. The lights were getting cut off. And uh, we had literally one meal left that morning for breakfast. And uh, man, you talk about feeling really bad. So I thought it would be a great idea to send them off to school and to work or to daycare and to work. And I was going to let them cash in on my life insurance policy that was over a couple of years old. And I thought life would be better for them without having a guy, a dad, a husband that couldn't provide for them. Uh, that's, you know, I had tied my identity up into what I did. And uh, so I thought since I couldn't do that anymore, they'd be better off without me. So I uh, put a 38 to my head, pulled a trigger a couple of times, gun didn't go off, took a bottle of nitroglycerin pills because uh, I thought that would blow my heart up, you know, two or 300 of those. And uh, that didn't work either. And I woke up in the hospital about 10 days later and said, wow, man, you are a loser. You couldn't even kill yourself. So I'll wow. tell you from, from the low, the guy that I am today is because I could not quit. Uh, I said a prayer before I went to sleep on that couch after taking all those pills, and I said, God, man, if you have a purpose for my life, then please forgive what I have done. Uh, if you don't have a purpose for my life, then please have mercy, because I heard it's kind of hot down there. And uh, so when I woke up 10 days later, man, um, feeling really low, really, I mean, I mean, you can't kill yourself, man. What else can you do? So my family nursed me back to health. Uh, it took them about six months for me to be mentally and physically able to do anything again. And I started dreaming about what I could do, what I should do, why God left me here and what my purpose was. And at that point, I thought my purpose was to help kids. Um, and I didn't know how maybe to stop them from going through some of the stuff I did. And I guess as my life has evolved, uh, you know, real estate's always been a passion uh, I've always had the ability to take something that didn't look so good and make it look really nice, you know, being a painter. So I thought maybe that this part of my season would be dedicated to the promotion and creation of great housing. Hey, Alvin, we, we lost you there for a minute. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's, is it just me, everyone? No, we did lose him. Yeah, we okay. lost him. Hey, Alvin, we lost you. You went into the matrix there for just a minute, buddy. Can Can you hear me? Hang on. Oh, he's still in the matrix. Okay. Hey, Alvin, you're in the matrix. Um, but you know, let's let's just recap just quickly till Alvin comes back to us. You know what 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 he went over. 
life lesson. Life lesson number one. There's a bunch already he's went over. Life lesson number one, which is something that I talk about often. And I've coached many children in sports, in football. And when it gets tough and say your child doesn't get to play or you feel like they're not being treated fair, a life lesson my dad taught me that I'd like to share with everybody is get your children involved in as many activities as possible, as many. If they want to do ballet, have them do ballet. If they want to do dancing, dance. If they want to play football, sign them up. First of all, don't ask them if they want to. Just sign them up and take them because they're not old enough to make decisions for themselves. So I, my sons played football. My daughter played soccer because we didn't ask. We just took them. My son went to wrestling, which builds life, you know, life skills. So once we signed up for something, though, we weren't allowed to quit. I saw so many children that were making adult decisions as children because they didn't get enough playing time, because the coach was a little bit hard on them. You want children to go through difficult things as children and face adversity so that way when it happens to them in their life, they're better equipped to deal with it. If they've never had to deal with adversity and the first time they get smacked in the mouth, they're not going to know what to do. And mommy and daddy's not going to be there for them forever. So one thing that Alvin brought up in that amazing, amazing, amazing story, and thank goodness he wasn't good at killing himself. Thank goodness he was spared. And it's really, really, it sends chills up my spine because that same story he shared is the same story that Glenn Lundy shared in a different way. Glenn Lundy at one point swam out or tried to, he, can't, he couldn't swim into the ocean and tried to drown himself. And he couldn't because the waves kept washing him back. And thank God those waves washed him back. Thank God that gun didn't go off in Alvin's hand. Thank goodness those nitroglycerin pills did not work. It was a miracle that he's here. So with that second chance he's made, he's taking advantage of that second chance. Glenn's second chance. But one life lesson that Alvin taught us there, it's very important. And as a parent of two children, please listen to me. Get your children involved in a lot of things. Once you get them there, do not allow them to quit. Now, if they don't want to go out the next year, that's fine. But once the season starts, do not allow them to quit. You're teaching them when life gets tough, it's okay to quit. It's not okay. Alvin, you back with us, brother? You're still in the – I can't hear you. I saw your mic come unflashed. If you're on Wi-Fi or something, then, but we can't we can't hear you not unless it's me. Can anybody else hear Alvin? I hear him either. Okay. Okay. Hey Scott, there's a thing. Yes. If, there's a trick. If, this is Laura Wild. If you if you go yes. to help Alvin, go to low instead of high because if you don't have a great signal, you're better off on a low, um, whatever that's called for the audio oh, no. quality. Audio feature. Yeah. It sounds good. Really it works. I think I think he popped back out too. So when y'all see Alvin uh, come back in, how's uh, now? Be sure. Okay, Alvin, we we hear you now, brother. Okay, great. Yeah, we man, we hear we hear you per perfectly. And and I just want to do a quick room reset. Hey guys, y'all to breakfast of champions, and I'm here talking to Alvin Hope Johnson. He just got through sharing his amazing story. He went through it fairly quickly, and I've heard the story. So molested at nine, dad left at eleven. Allowed to quit, he had painter's helper at 22, broke at 24, and then 
one of the big things he brought up there was this. Do not allow your children to quit because it sets them up when life gets difficult. Now, and that's a really good point you brought up. And then uh, you went to a little bit of a matrix on us. So um, you can pick back up where you left off at. But, man, what an amazing story. Okay. Well, um, from barely graduating high school, number 348 out of 350 at a high school where my mom was a teacher at, you know, uh, to being a guy, a, a, a kid that, that went on to be a millionaire by 22 and broke by 24 uh, to try to commit suicide and to want to, you know, my family nursed me back to health after that. It took them about six months to, for me to be mentally stable um, from the drugs and just the, the low, low depression that, that set in after waking up being a loser um, to having a passion to help. Uh, to help kids and maybe to keep them from going through some of the stuff I went through. And I had no background in that. Uh, didn't go to college. You know, all of my education really came from working on the job in the construction field. So I believe God has allowed me to use my passion of creating things into creating housing opportunities for those that, uh, for initially it started for those that were economically challenged. Uh, to provide safe, decent, sanitary housing for people that made less than an area median income so that kids that look like me could grow up and see people going to work versus growing up and seeing people sitting on the stoop. Those were the kind of communities that we have bought and wanted to be involved in so that we can show something different, so that these kids could see somebody that looked like them doing something different. And so we've been very successful with that. We've got over a thousand units of housing today where we're providing uh, great housing opportunities that way. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of people that have careers because of us being in business today. And, uh, and now we've gone on to expand that goal, man, to, to have a, a vision of providing 20,000 new units of housing. Uh, we've partnered with some dynamic construction companies and architects and engineers and manufacturers of some of the best products on the planet to provide some of the best sustainable housing that can be built. And, uh, and now we're given, you know, even greater opportunities for people to live in great housing that will promote safe uh, living because of the indoor air quality, but also allowing other people to partner with us to, to invest in these communities. And these are great communities that we're investing in now. And also to give uh, education to those that want to do what we do. So many people would love an opportunity to know how to develop their dreams. So we have a, a platform where me and about nine of my friends have come together with their uh, expertise and their respective parts of the real estate business and put together a course that teaches people development of, you know, from a neighborhood to a apartment complex to a single family house, whatever they want to do. So, um, so man, God has just really allowed me to use my passions to, to really make a change, Scott, and, and we're super excited about that. I've got some people that believe in me, that are walking with me, that are on this vision with me, and, uh, and so every day, that's what we get up and try to do, just make a difference. That's amazing. Alvin, how did you, for the people 
Um, and that story is amazing. And, and I mean, now everybody knows why I had you come on here today and tell this remarkable, remarkable story and the impact that you're making in these communities. How did you get involved in real estate? I know that you were had a painting company, you were around real estate, but how did you get involved in real estate, Alan? Well, from being a painter um, to being a painter, a general contractor, I became a general contractor because I was knocking on doors and the guy would say, hey, man, well, we love our house painting, but the roof needs to be fixed and we got a bunch of rotten wood around here first. So I became a contractor to solve his problem so I could paint his house. So that's how I got into construction. And then that led to me uh, buying old houses and fixing them up. I got tired of working for people. So I said, well, I know a way I can do this. I can go out and start buying houses and fixing them up for myself and then sell them. So I did that. And then a guy taught me the mortgage business and said, hey, man, I hear your commercials on the radio um, where you are advertising that you fix people's houses. Surely you got people that need mortgages. I said, yeah, they do. So he said, well, let me do the mortgages for you, and then you'll have the money to fix their houses. So then I started doing mortgages where you used to sign people's mortgage in their house. So second mortgage, they get the cash in 10 days, and then we do the work. Well, that led me to opening a full-fledged mortgage company in 96 to where we went from 96 to about 2000, made so much money in the mortgage business. I didn't even know what I was doing and made millions of dollars in the mortgage business. And then in 2000, 99, 2000, the market, mortgage, the market shifted. Um, and I quit doing mortgages for about a year and just kind of did a couple of renovations. And then 2001 started all over again. Um, did a, ran another mortgage company from 2001 to about 2008 when the next bubble hit, made a bunch of money. And I got tired of that up and down cycle. A lot of money. I was not probably doing what I should have been doing with it. I don't know. But then I, at 44 years old, I volunteered for a guy that had 16,000 units of apartments. And then I saw the power of economics when a lot of people get together with their money to do something good. He had 16,000 units of apartments operated under a 501c3 nonprofit to provide housing, and I was blown away at the business model that, that this guy had. So my volunteer job with him started out for 30 days and it lasted 13 months. And after 13 months, he passed away in a car wreck. And because I had gone there to help make his dream come true, I, I told him, I wanna shine your shoes, sharpen your pencils, whatever I need to do to be in the room with you. And he allowed me to do that and adopted me almost as a kid at 44 years old. And, and a, more was caught from him than taught. He didn't teach me anything, but he allowed me to hang around so much so that when he died, I became the president of a billion and a half dollar company. And I walked that company with 66 apartment complexes, over 180 companies. I walked it through a success, successful liquidating bankruptcy where we restructured all the debt and then liquidated the assets, and then I was fired. And after being fired from that gig, uh, no, I couldn't go get a job anywhere else because who's going to hire me? I didn't have any college education. Uh, I had been a contractor who volunteered at a billion-dollar company and wound up being the president of it because the guy that did it died, and who's going to hire me? 
So this, the company that we have today was a subsidiary of that company. The board of directors allowed me to take this company and reconstitute the board. We named it Hope Housing Foundation because I'm a dealer of hope. Uh, we wanna give people hope. We can share hope. And we said, we're gonna go buy some apartments. That was in 2011. We started with no money, no experience. And we started, our first deal was a hundred units set of apartments. And we've gone and grown it to where we are today, over a hundred million dollars in 125 million in book value of our assets today from no experience, no money, broke down kid, tried to kill himself, all of that junk. If I can do this, anybody can do this with the right people and with little faith and belief in God. That's it. That is simply an amazing, amazing story. Do you, do you have a Mic book? drop amazing. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Alvin, have you wrote a book? Yeah. Uh, it's it's in process, and I can I, the title I've got the title. Uh, we're also filming uh, this journey so that when we complete uh, our first new build apartment complex in Princeton, Texas, uh, it's all going to drop together. And the, the title, of the book, from where I came from, the whole story is going to be pretty dope. Wow, that is simply, simply amazing. From an investment standpoint, yes, sir. I'm an investor with 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 Grant Cardone, as you know. We both know Grant, and, and you know, and, and respect Grant for his hustle and everything that he's done in the real estate game. Um, from an investment standpoint, what is the difference between investing in lower income areas from an investor standpoint? Besides the good that you do for the areas, obviously. But what is the difference between investing in one and investing in the other? Since you have experience in that you know, in, in, in both. I'll give you two perspectives. Uh, the old, the deals that we've done in the past uh, have been really lower basis properties, meaning that we could buy them at a really, uh, really good price. I'll give you a, for instance, we bought 300 units in Dallas five years ago. We paid $6.4 million for it. Today, that asset's worth 33 million. Uh, those deals don't, don't, they're not around anymore. Uh, we've done eight of those just like that. Uh, another one, we paid 230 units. We paid a million six for it. We spent $7 million, but the value of it was 18 million and we sold it for 14. So that's, that's the older properties and older communities that we've been able to restabilize and literally just provide good housing, which brings more income. And that has been really, really a good business model. Today, everybody you talk to is buying apartments. Uh, everybody wants to own multifamily. So the competition got really fierce in, in value add opportunities. So the thought process about two years ago was to go to development. Uh, the, the margins in development are, are more. Uh, there's a little more inherent risk. Uh, but what we did a couple of years ago, we went out and bought 80 acres in Greenville, Texas, uh, that was platted for 360 finished lots. And our goal was to build 300 houses in a year. Well, we're in the process now of finishing that development, but we did it so good so quickly that LGI, National Home Builder, came up and said, hey, we want to buy that development from you. So we took literally a, a, a track of land that we paid $5,500 per paper lot, spent $25,000 per lot, putting in the streets, curbs, gutters, utility stop signs, street signs, 
and those lots sold for $50,000. So there's a 100% markup in the development space. So we said, well, we're going to take that same model and develop our own apartments. And the thought process came because we're paying over $100,000 a door for an apartment complex today that's built in the 70s. Well, we can go build a brand new apartment complex today, uh, Class A, in a Class A neighborhood, and provide quality workforce housing for about $180,000 a unit that will have zero maintenance and zero upkeep for 10 years because everything's under warranty. So if you look at a better business model, uh, you can buy something new today that will last 50 plus years and the first 10 years of it are zero maintenance on it. You drive more income to the bottom line for the partners, investors, and owners of those assets than you do of the guys that are buying the older assets, putting lipstick on these pigs, and then reselling those pigs. And I just got tired of being the guy that was at the slaughterhouse slaughtering pigs that has so much lipstick on them. I said, let's get on the front end of this, put together the best development team in the country that does this every day, that builds about two to $300 million worth of apartments, tell them that we're going to build 20,000 units and, and get them on our team. And then that's, how, that's, that's been the business model. That's what we've put together. And so from an investment perspective, the older deals were great. The newer deals, Scott, are even better because there's more margin in them. There's a lot less that can go wrong after they're built. We've got a construction company that gives max price guarantees through construction, performance bonds that they will finish on time, on budget. And so when you put together those things like that with contingencies for supply chain disruptions and stuff that everybody will and may see, it still makes this a better opportunity for everybody involved. That is that is amazing. And thank you so much for, I mean, that was a master class on, on real estate. So, you know, I always try to provide value whenever I'm inviting guests and I share, I'm an open book. You know, some people say, man, you share way too much. But I always said, if I have an opportunity to give back, part of my giving back is, is teaching others what maybe I learned through this journey. Because, you know, man, it could have saved me a whole lot of time and effort if I, you know, I'm still learning every single day. I mean, I'm learning here talking to you, obviously, and I'm a student of the game about, you know, financial freedom. Um, but let, let's talk about, let's talk about a specific deal. Obviously, you have a deal that you and I have been talking about. Um, you know, we're going to jump on a phone call uh, this afternoon. Actually, I found out you're available and asked you to, you know, come on the show to help go over this deal. And we're not asking for people to invest in this deal. Obviously, you can, you know, people can. Um, you're in the investment opportunity in Princeton, Texas. Um, and what is it open to all investors? And if I invested, or excuse me, when I invest $100,000 with you in this deal, how will that $100,000 investment work? Now, I know these are projections. Nothing's guaranteed. I'm, not, I'm, I'm in the car industry, so I'm not a certified financial planner. I'm not, uh, I'm not educated enough to give anybody any financial advice. So heed our advice, you know, with, with your with, – heed, heed our advice, use common sense. Um, nothing's guaranteed. I tell people this all the time too. Never invest in a deal that you can't afford to lose all of it. Have I ever lost 100% of anything? No, I haven't because I really bet the people before and bet the opportunity. But could I? Yes, yes. And I tell people that all the time. You know, well, why don't you get me involved in these deals? Okay, 
I'll, I'll, I'll run some deals past you, you know, um, but is your, is the, let's talk about the deal that you have. Let's talk about, for an example, if I would happen to give a hundred thousand dollars, is it open to all investors? Can anybody invest with you? And again, this is not asking you to invest in Alvin and his team. I'm just giving you, you an example of he and I, what we're about ready to go through as a learning opportunity. Let me get crystal clear with everybody in, in this room about that. And that'll go back and listen to this on the podcast. Okay. So there's several ways that um, syndicators, and that's what we do. We syndicate money, um, pay out returns and things. The way we structured this deal was with a 9% preferred return uh, with a 15% hurdle. So what does that mean? That means for every $100,000, uh, that investor will receive a payout of $9,000 annually, paid monthly. So you, you get paid monthly, you get your monthly checks, and then there's a 6% accrual. That 6% accrual will be paid at the time of refinance of the construction loan at year three. So for that $100,000 investment, you'll get a $15,000 interest payment for year one, year two, and year three, totaling $45,000. At the time we refinance, we will pull out estimated to be 75% of the equity in, invested into the property. So if you invest $100,000, you will get a return of $75,000 of your money at the time we refi. So at year three, you have received a total of $45,000 plus $75,000 for a total of $115,000. Essentially, at year three, you've gotten all your money back. This is a seven-year hold period. We will continue to allow the investors to accrue at the same 15% after receiving 75% of their equity investment back, plus 15% for those first three years. The accrual continues at 15% up until year seven. A portion of that accrual will be paid out through cash flow uh, in year four, five, six, and seven. Uh, so there still will be checks coming every month. The debt amount went up, so there's less money for cash flow. But remember, you've already made your money back. So you're still receiving a, 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 a monthly check up until year seven. At year seven, we will sell the asset to another entity. We, the stabilized value at the time of this is right at 60 million. So from 40 to 60 million, we used a very conservative five and a quarter cap rate for that valuation, which right now that market is a four and a half cap. So I'm projecting that the cap rates will go backwards uh, and go up just for presentation purposes, which all the smart people say they won't. But essentially at the time of exit, uh, there will be another $4 million or so split with the investors so that will essentially, after that preface made up and paid back, and that'll bring the investor return to about 22% for about a 2.61 multiplier on invested cash. So that means you will make about $261,000 on your $100,000 investment over a seven-year period. And that's how it works. Wow. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you build wealth through real estate. Now, <clears throat> Alvin... Is this a completely, is this open to everybody? Do you have to be accredited investor? This is an accredited investor uh, pool, yes, sir. That's okay. the only reason we could talk about it this openly. 
Okay. So could you explain to everybody what a credited investor means? What, how yes. do you qualify to be a credited investor? So I'm not an attorney, uh, so you can, you can fact check or call your attorney or whatever. But um, there are several regulations under the Securities and Exchange Commission that investors can invest in real estate. And so this, this exemption is a 506C or 506A regulation that we can invest in. So a accredited investor has to have a net income or a gross income of $200,000 per year annually for the last couple of years with no expectation of that changing as a single person or two fifty dollars as a married couple or have a net worth of a hundred, I mean, of a million dollars, not including your homestead. And there are several other exemptions that you can qualify under, but those are the most common ones. So having an income of over $200,000 a year as a single person or having a accumulated net worth of greater than a million dollars, not including your homestead. So, so my goal would be if I'm not accredited so I could take advantage of these opportunities, my first goal would be to become a credit, a accredited investor. That would be my goal. So if you sit and say, Scott, what I'm not a accredited investor. Okay. Well, you need to come up with a game plan on how much you need to make in order to become a credit investor based on the occupation in the field or in the industry that you're in. That should be your goal. So if you want to take advantage of deals, not only Alvin's deal or any other deals that are out there, my goal would be to become an accredited investor. That way I have an opportunity to invest in deals like the one Alvin just talked about. And the reason why you need to be a credit investor is the, the theory behind it is this. You have you you know about how to make money and how to save money and you have the financial literacy. Now, there's people that don't make that that have a lot of financial literacy, but you have the financial literacy to understand the risk that you're getting involved in. So that's the whole premise behind being an accredited investor. That accredited investor, how do you how do I prove that? I call my accountant. He generates a letter signs a letter and says Scott Simons is a accredited investor. So if I'm not there, my goal, first of all, would be I would be a little bit upset at myself and say, okay, first, how can I get to there? Because I want to be able to build wealth and take advantages, advantage of the deals that Alvin just proposed. Alvin, you, you mentioned cap rate. Could you please explain to people what cap rate means? Yes, yeah, sir. Let me let me touch on something else too. You mentioned building wealth through real estate. Because uh, when I mentioned that refinance at year three, we're, we're distributing money that came from debt. So anytime you are borrowing money and pulling out money from a refinance, those proceeds are tax exempt. The way people build wealth in this field is by taking the money that they work for daily, investing in real estate that allows you to get depreciation from your taxes and you can literally depreciate about 90% of the gain from this asset through tax uh, incentives, accelerated depreciation and et cetera, that you get to be a part of by taking uh, advantage of investing in, in real estate. So what did I just say? I said that 90% of your gains from an investment like this would be almost tax exempt because of the write-offs of depreciation that you get. That's, That's how exactly. you build wealth.
Yep. And what, what, what he's talking about and these investments that, that I have and other people, you'll get a, a K-1. And that K-1, say that you can write off a, a property over 28 years or whatever the number is. So they allow depreciation. The government allows depreciation against gain. So although you'll get seven fifty a month in the $9,000 first year or any in any deal, not even this deal, but in any deal, you have depreciation against that, against that. So actually, in year one, it may even show a loss. Again, I'm not an accountant. I run car dealerships, but I am involved in a lot of different real estate deals like the one that Alvin just talked about. And not only am I you know, going over this as an example, but I'm personally going to invest with Alvin. You know, so he and I've talked about this and, you know, our, our goal was to get on a phone call today and finalize everything. And I said, hey, why don't we just get in just we're here just to share information with everybody. Glenn's vision is give people a seat at the table. And every time I get an opportunity to speak, I try to share with everybody what I have learned true, you know, through trials and tribulations, by getting in the right rooms with the right people. I listen a lot. Believe it or not, when I'm in those rooms, I don't talk a whole lot. All the people probably hear me in the morning. It's like, is that true? Is that how can that even be? But then when I get in rooms with people that are where I want to be, I sit and I listen and I ask a lot of questions. And then I vet that person big time. I check into them, check around, ask around about them. And uh, that's the reason why we wanted to sit and talk about this today. Um, Alvin, is there anything else? I'd like to open up for some questions. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to ask you questions. And thank you for, one, sharing your amazing story. Two, for coming in and, and giving up your very valuable time, you know, to, to help educate all of us on real estate. Is there anything else you would like to share? Just any, just any advice you would like to share with people? Um, anything else that you would like to share before we open it up for questions? One thing I'd love to share is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think in pictures. Um, I love to, to, to imagine what I could do. So if everybody would just imagine themselves right now, wherever, whatever city they live in, driving down the freeway and seeing all the construction going on, and there's a big apartment complex going up right there in a beautiful location, and you're going, wow, who's doing that? Imagine if you were part of the investment team that was building that. Those are the dreams and things that we are fulfilling right now. That's what we're providing for people. The yeah, opportunity to be a part of that. And how much, like, I, I dream too. And I think there's some people that just dream way too much, but, but dreaming's a good thing, isn't it? As long as you take the action behind it. I mean, aren't both of us, I think one thing we're similarities, we're, we're, we're big dreamers, aren't we? And uh, as long as you don't stay in that dream too too long and take action, but how much is dream and play to your success or the visioning? Well, um, I think Scott, the ability to see things that are not as though they were is a gift and a curse. Uh, the gift part is we have the ability to see a raw piece of land as being in a beautiful place for people to live. We have the ability to imagine that we can make more money than we ever could spend. We have the ability to imagine that we can help people all over the world by our actions. So that ability to dream and think that way has been ultimately the the, the, the only thing that has helped me here, held me here. The, the ability to have hope that tomorrow can be better. Uh, from a place of waking up going, you couldn't even kill yourself to going, I can literally go change a million lives by the work that we're going to do 
it, it has all been the ability to dream and and have faith and and have those visions that's kept me here and kept me going. It's it's well, been very pertinent. I just want to say, you know, friend to friend, Apex brother to Apex brother, your story is amazing. You know, the the communities that you that you've went in and made a difference in, and the lives that you're making, uh, man, is is truly remarkable. Um, I, you know, if we could go through, if anybody's got any questions, uh, just flash your mics. I know Ahmed, he had a question for you, but I'm going to work my way through. But go go ahead, Ahmed. Go, go first, and I'm going to work my way down. And we've got about 12 minutes, and I want to be respectful. So please just make your comment and your question brief and give Alvin a chance to answer. But you'll have an you have a opportunity to ask one of the best a question. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, Scott, I'll make this one real quick. And, and I appreciate the time you and, and Glenn for allowing, uh, allowing me to say this. You know, Scott, you and I know each other. We've met in St. Louis. You know, we're Arte brothers. Um, Alvin and I met earlier this year at, um, at uh, Stewman's and uh, Fleischman's event. And, you know, I've been in this business a long time. I've been developing and investing for 20 years, right? And so I don't give my money to anyone because no one can do real estate better than me, at least in my book. But because of my relationship with Alvin and, and me recognizing the type of man he is, I have already invested money with him. And that's something I never do with anyone else because I'm I'm my own real estate guy. I do my own developments, my own investments. And Alvin is the only person over the last 20 years that I have given money to to invest into a project. Not because of the project itself, because I recognize the quality of this man's character. And I know I can trust him with my investment of, of taking care of it as it was his own. And I'm not saying that to try to give an endorsement or do anything like that. I'm saying that because it's the truth. And I hope you could recognize this because, Scott, you know, we're part of the same groups, same organizations. We're very high quality in terms of the people we associate ourselves with. And I just wanted to put that out there because of Alvin's quality of his character i invested with him even before i knew much details about the investment itself so i just wanted to to, to let people know that that's why i did that i've been doing this for 20 years i manage a family office we have a portfolio of over 100 million dollars of our own properties and i put money with him because of him and i just wanted to leave it at that but thank you for the opportunity guys thank you wow man wow wow that's, uh, that's simply amazing. So, you know, the rule of thumb for everybody in here, typically you, if you have a business, your best investment is in yourself, right? Everybody let's, you know, you typically can, your business can generate as much income and it's always best to bet on yourself first and foremost. So make sure you're maximizing everything in your world before you invest in somebody else's. However, the point that I may have just brought up, which is amazing, he is in the same industry as Alvin, same industry as Alvin, and he invested with Alvin. That is, I don't, that is such an unbelievable endorsement. There's not a higher an endorsement than an entrepreneur can give another entrepreneur is in the same industry would invest his money or her money with that individual. So, wow, that is simply unbelievable. Uh, Mike Flash, uh, Tony, go right ahead. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for having Alvin and, Alvin, and thank you, Alvin, for dropping these jewels of knowledge. I understood you guys to say that the uh, in order to become accredited investor, your net income has to be $200,000 as a single person or a net worth of $1 million. 
not including your homestead. But my question is, what type of money do you need to bring to the table in order to be a part of an investment like um, what Alvin is speaking on? And what is the max number? Of, is there a max number of investors per project to ensure the type of return that you want for each um, each um, investment? Two very good questions, Tony. Um, so the the capital stack, meaning the total amount of money is split up between debt and equity. So on this particular deal in Princeton, it's a $40 million total budget, which includes all the construction, interest carry, um, debt service, contingencies for construction, contingencies for timelines and et cetera. So a total of 40 million. Uh, the lender is providing 75% of that, so right at $30 million. So the total equity raise was $10 million. And so based on that $10 million, we cut it up into $50,000 check sizes. So there's a minimum amount investment of $50,000. And because we only did one class of shares, so what that means is sometimes these deals will have, well, if you invest $50,000, you get this return. If you invest $100,000, you get this return. If you invest a half a million dollars, you get this return. We did one share of, of investment, so everybody that invests gets the same amount. And so, therefore, there is a limit to ensure the amount of, of, of to ensure that that return is done based on the amount of equity. It's really, it was really easy to do because we only had one share of, uh, one class of shares. Now, if we would have had multiple classes, like a $50,000 gets this return, 100 gets this, then you do limit those amount of dollars that you can take into each share, a class of shares. So, and that's how the guys that have multiple shares, multiple classes can do that. They just have to limit, well, I can't take any more $50,000 checks because of the return. I have to have 100 or more or, or whatever that class is. So that's how those are protected and insured. I hope that answered your question. Great. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. That was I saw Mark. Uh, oh, go ahead. go ahead. I just saw Mark flashing for a long time, too. Go, go, go ahead, Mark. Tony, fantastic question. Fan, that was a fantastic question. Mark, go ahead. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks, Alvin, for sharing your story. I'm a, I'm a Marine Corps vet, uh, got a security company, and you know you got my dream, and my dream bigger than my nightmare, Alvin, with your story. And I, you know, I, I use my GI Bill to get my first house, and I know I have to climb a little bit to get to that point to be that uh, sizable investor. Um, oh shoot! Let me turn that alarm off. <laughs> okay, I have a 10 a.m. Uh, podcast here shortly. But anyway, I want to ask you, being a Marine Corps vet and I'm using my GI Bill with the GI certificate, uh, do you recommend keep like getting homes and flipping them to? to when I can get to a point to where I can go and invest at a bigger scale with organization like what you have. I'm very interested in that space because uh, eventually I'm going to want to retire and uh, build a legacy. And then also I'm a, I'm a Christian faith and I, I very strongly believe in giving back to what the Lord gives up to us. And thanks for sharing your uh, personal story about what you had to go through to get where you're gone. So this is Mark in the Black. Appreciate it. No problem, Mark. Um, I think you can ask 15 different investors this and you'll get 16 different answers. 
But my answer for that question of should you continue to buy one and two and then get work your way up, it really depends on you. Um, you know your bandwidth for risk. You know your level, you know, your tolerance level for risk. But I would say this. If I know that I want to go to New York from Dallas, if I know that, then I'm going to set my GPS for New York and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to New York. If I know I want to be a, 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 a catcher, I'm going to go get a mitt. I'm not going to go get a first baseman glove and learn how to play first base to learn how to play catcher. I'm going directly for the catcher's job. So what that means, if I know I want to own 100 units of apartments, I'm going to go figure out whatever it takes to get me 100 units of apartments. I'm not going to go buy one and two and get cash out of those and get there because I'll never get to where I want to go. Uh, I'm going to figure out whatever it takes for me to get what I want, and I'm going to go get what I want. Even if it means taking longer to get started, it doesn't matter. I'm going to take the first step towards what I want. I'm going to go down the stairs to get down. I'm not going to go up and around to get down. I'm going straight down, and I'm going to figure out what it takes to get there. That, that would be my advice. That's been my road. That's been my level of, that's been my experience. Uh, I wish I had known this 20 years ago, what I really wanted. And I think that is a problem with a lot of business owners, too. They don't really know what they want when they start a business. They just think they want to make money. They have no vision for where that business should be or could be in 20 years or 30 years when they get started. They just, oh, let's just start a business. And so they go in circles and round and round and round and never get to a destination. And then 15 years later, figure out where they want to go. And they got to basically start over. So figure out where you want to go and go straight there. That's my opinion. Thanks, Alvin. I appreciate your feedback. Uh, definitely it's got to be laser focused to get to that level. And uh, Marine, being a Marine Corps vet, I think I can pull it off. And you just gave me that inspiration. Have a great weekend and a pleasure meeting you, sir. All mine. And thank you for your service. And if I can do this, you can do it. I, I just, I'm not minimizing my abilities, but I'm just telling you, you heard my story and what I've been through and most of yes. self-deprecating. So if I can do that to myself and still be here, think about where you can be by not doing that to yourself. So much for Amen, that. brother. Amen, brother. Appreciate that. Hey, Mark, thank you for your service. Just like Alvin said, uh, the, the people uh, in our military forces uh, here in the United States of America, which I know this is a global app, that have put their life on the line for our freedom, we never take for granted. And I really respect the brave men and women that serve and have served and continue to serve for our freedom that I'll never take for granted. Also, all public servants, you know, the, the teachers, the police officers, the firefighters that uh, go out there um, for our communities, you know, we sincerely, sincerely appreciate them so very, very much. So, Mark, thank you very much for your service, sir. We sincerely appreciate you. Hey, you're welcome, Scott. It's an honor. In honor of the vets, I'm having uh, Corey Mills on my podcast this morning at 10 to share what he's doing with the Afghanistan refugees and pulling them out with private security stuff. So it should be interesting. But thanks again for the time on the stage and uh, much respect to all you guys do to impact the world. This is Mark from the Black. Thanks. Thank you. And Doc, uh, um, I know I'm going to mispronounce your name, but I see your mic flash. And pronounce your name for me so I don't butcher it. Uh, and uh, and welcome. Do you have a question for Alvin? Please pronounce your name. 
Hey, this is Dr. Anup from India. Thank you so much, Scott and Alvin, for that incredible interview. You really dropped some good gems, and I am learning a lot. That was actually a master class. I have this question. This is a young doctor. I am yet to reach my twenty-six year old too. But uh, could you? please advise me so that i would create that generational wealth and i would have that similar kind of an impact on the people too so that i'll be i'll be taking that really careful steps to be on that path thank you so much thanks a lot hey scott man i've got a call right now with my lender uh, that I have to take. It was 11 o'clock. I got to take gotcha. it. Um, hey, we got the banks calling you to give you money. We got to do what we got to do. But I, I got you. This has been a phenomenal experience this morning, Scott. Thank you for this time and the exposure that you've allowed me to share and talking about my journey. So thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Alvin, thank you so much. Doctor, I didn't want to not answer. DM Alvin on Instagram uh, or send him a message through here through Clubhouse. You know, Alvin's journey, you know, I don't think many of us could go through what that what that man has gone through. I mean, you know, molested at nine, dad left him at 11, um, multiple attempts to commit suicide. And then look, I mean, what what an amazing human being that person is. Imagine if he was successful in the impact that he wouldn't make that he would not make in this world if he was successful. And I think when some people go through something traumatic, on the other side is when we really see what the person, the impact they can make in the world. And so many times that choice isn't made till we have to. What if we all made that choice right now? What if, if we all said, you know what? We all have something special. We were born with something special. It's inside of us. We're not gonna keep it inside of us anymore. We're going to let it out and not wait for something traumatic to happen before we realize the person that God envisioned us to be. And that's what I would like to leave you with, uh, you know, after going and talking to Alvin after that, which was simply amazing. I knew how special Alvin was. You know, I knew it. And uh, I just I'm so glad that that he agreed to come on here um, on Breakfast with Champions. So, hey. You're in the Breakfast of Champions room. My name is Scott Simons, and it's been an honor for me to run with Alvin over the last hour. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.